Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody doing great now? If you weren't before, I love y'all. Good to see you guys. Thank you. Oh, man. I'm going to try to share what's on my heart this morning and see what the Lord does in it. Um, Last time I was up here talking, I was talking about the the cost of burning and the um, talked about Daniel, but I really had this on my heart here for a little while about a second part of this cost is is receiving um, the guidance and direction and correction of the Lord. And there's a process in that that if we if we want to burn with love for Jesus as we say we do, then there's a, uh, there's a place of abiding in a spot there that is not going to be comfortable to our uh, fleshly minds, our carnal minds. So if we're, not, if we're not abiding in the spirit of truth, which goes with, to me, a little bit of Chad's teaching last week on the, the belt of truth, which is our identity, which if we, don't, if we keep our minds and our spiritual minds in that place, then we're going to want to abide in this place. So if y'all kind of bear with me this morning, and uh, I just pray if there's anything in this that the Lord wants to speak to this body, that it would be received. And if it's, it's of me, I ask that it falls out. You don't remember what I said. <laughs> and uh, I... Uh, through this process, I really had Matthew 13 on my heart, and I'm not going to go there today, but I really was uh, stirring in me here lately, and so I went back, and I, I, I remember Chad preaching a message on that. I just couldn't find it, and I finally found it, and it's um, September, the end of September of 21. It's not on the podcast, but it's on the website, and it's called The Soil of the Heart. So if anybody feels led to, I would encourage anybody to listen to that. I've gone back and listened to it several times this week. And um, it's just really good. I think, I think it'd be good for any of us. Even if we've heard it, just like me, I, I, I was here when he's preached it, but I need to go back and refresh my spirit. Does that make sense? And so I'd encourage anybody and everybody in here that hasn't heard that or has heard it for the body. I think it's a good, a good word. Um, I'm going to be reading out of Hebrews 12, and I had something completely, uh, not completely different. I was just going to go another angle on this. The Lord just kept stirring this uh, passage in my heart, and um, I think it's good for all of us, you know. Um, we say... We say that we want to burn for the love of Jesus, and we want... We love Him with all our heart, and... You know, if we can can uh, ask ourselves in that, does he have our whole heart? You, if you really open yourself up and unmask and unveil your heart completely, I think every one of us in here can can find a spot that he doesn't own. Y'all hear me on that? And so, 
Um, just this week, um, I had a couple of guys here help me work cattle at my house on Monday and Tuesday. And um, if anybody's worked cattle, you'll know that you get, ex- you get exposed. <laughs> Need to experience it if you haven't. And uh, probably experience it with me would go to another level, you know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Abe said amen. So um, through that exposure there, so, so you have a crew of people. And then there, if there's no leadership, it can go, it can go a lot of different directions and normally not good. And so when the leader has to get involved, sometimes it gets a little touchy. Y'all hear what I'm saying? But at some point, there has to be a leader. Does that make sense? To create unity. Well, in the moment of creating unity, it doesn't feel like being unified in peace. <laughs> but if you, have a, if you have a unified body that sees the, the love... And sometimes we get stuck in our head what love means. You know, my definition of love, your definition of love, and so forth. If it's not under Christ Jesus, then it's, it's, uh, it's not complete, right? And so then we start viewing the way someone approaches something as, well, that's not love. You know, but when we see that our leader loves us completely, we're able to get on board because of our love for him and ultimately for Christ. Y'all hearing me? Am I making sense to anybody? So through the end of the, the journey, it all ended up great. Ended up good. But the, the, the guys that helped me, they uh, were so loving and compassionate and peaceful. And they, they watched and all of a sudden they did what I asked and it was all good. They could have very easily gone, this is not where I want to be today. I'm out. See ya. Right? And what would have happened? We would have still, I'd have still gotten it done eventually with many more hours and sweat and tears and agony, pulling my hair out. But I had a group of guys that loved me through, through it. Does that make sense? So in a body of Christ, we got to come to a place where we've got to stay unified as a body and see the love of the person regardless of what may be the approach that may have been done. And so our love for Christ has to be so deep for each other that we're willing to uh, see the end result. And uh, I hope I'm gathering this into making sense. But I'm going to go to Hebrews 12, and I'm going to start with chapter one, I mean, verse 1. Um, It says, as for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path has been already marked out before us. So as I was looking in my Bible deal here, so the Greek word, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this because y'all aren't ever going to understand me. I probably can't get it out of my mouth, but uh, 
It means translated to miss the mark. The word sin in that, in that, in that verse right there. So, sometimes I think, in my mind, I thought of sin as a certain thing, but sometimes it can mean just missing, missing the mark. And then there becomes this weight that we carry that we weren't meant to carry. So let's let go of every one of these wounds. Has anybody in here ever had a wound or something that's been created that they've held on to instead of allowing the Lord to take it? And as, as that happens in time, it creates this heavy burden. Everybody, anybody in here been, had, had any kind of heaviness or burden or pressure? And sometimes it can be trying to do do things so right with the Lord that we, that we miss the mark. And that's why to me, like this scenario of the working of the cattle is so neat in the carnal aspect, but it's spiritual aspect is this. We have to have each other because there's going to be times when we miss the mark and we need each other. And there's this process that we have to walk through and walk in of the chastisement of the Father as it gets into is it's, it's being true sons. And as we were taught last week about that's our belt that, that, um, that we wear as our identity and what we reproduce is very important. So we got to have the protection of truth around our waist because we're going to reproduce something. What, what we reproduce is up to us. And so, um, verse two, we look away from the natural realm. And we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who births faith within us and who leads us forward and to face perfection. His, his example is this. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. He endured the agony of the cross. And conquered its humiliation. And now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. Does that encourage anybody or just me? His joy was knowing that we would be his. That's so encouraging. His joy is what made the endurance for him push forth through the humiliation of everything he went through. I think at times when we lose our joy, we lose our focus. Does that make sense? think when we lose our joy, we lose, has anybody in here felt like you've lost your endurance, your perseverance, your tenacity? Does that make sense? It can be real easy to do when we get our focus off of the king and off of on ourselves and on our circumstances of what we're going through. But when we can be endured with a joy that's set before us, it's on Christ Jesus. 
And we're going to want to carry our brother with us. Because there's times when I need y'all carrying me. And there's going to be times y'all need me carrying you. And there's a joy and an endurance that sets forth this mark. But if I can't, if I can't take a little correction, how am I going to endure? If I can't take a little bit of my steering wheel getting put back on path. Does that make sense? If we can't do that as a body, so to me, it, to me it's simple. Like, I, like I've told y'all before, I'm pretty simple-minded. I got to have it simple, you know. How do I keep it simple? Keep my eyes on Jesus. And there's a love that we can't explain when we love so deep that there's a place that God loves us so deep. There's a place I love my children so deep that I see where they're headed. And so I need to correct something. And in the moment, they don't feel the love of the Father. Right? There's an, they're, they're not feeling that emotion of, oh, good, boy. There's seasons for that, you know? But then there's seasons for, hey, this is going to hurt you. This is going to take you off path that's going to cause a major wreck up ahead of you. And even though you don't see this, I'm the father and I see what's, what's approaching. So we worship an almighty father. That he wants to call us sons and he wants us to be true sons. But when we start going through something that's a little difficult, we're like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait just a minute. I don't, I don't like the way that feels. So on the King James Version, it's called bastard child. Is that what we want? Do we want to be an Ill, illegitimate son? Or do we want to be a son of the king? I want that too. And I say that, but when things hit me in the face, when I start going around and I'm not expecting something, do we quickly embrace that? And I love the things that our pastor has taught us about when our true character is exposed, when something hits us right between the eyes that we don't expect. Is anybody in here that's had something out of nowhere, hit them, and then you respond? Our reaction is, a, is showing what's in our heart. Well, that's okay, because in that moment, we can re quickly recognize where we are, and we have a choice. Am I going to repent and move forward? Or am I going to run away from this place? It's our choice. It's our choice where we end up individually. But the thing is, and always, we have to always remember this. An individual choice affects a corporate body. It's not. Sometimes I think we think it's just, well, this is just me. No. You know, and I think during the week, uh, I mentioned something in home group the other night. I think, I think sometimes, even though we show up, our heart and our minds, we click out for a minute. And we're like, well, I was still there. Were you really? Was I really? That makes sense? So we, we can show up and, and, and bail on our brothers and sisters. So let's be a people that burn so deep for Jesus that we no longer allow the elementary things of this world to grip us and grab us 
But let's grab a hold of the cloak of Jesus. And let's cling on to who the king is. And let's let every wound and piercing thing be laid aside. Let's let every part where we thought we were doing right and we missed the mark, let it go. And know that all that matters is he's right and I'm wrong. No matter how right I look, if it's done the wrong way, I'm wrong. Correct? So consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who oppose their own souls so they won't become worn down and cave in under life's pressures. After all, you have not yet reached the point of sweating blood in your opposition to sin. And have you forgotten his encouraging words spoken to you as his children? He said, my child, don't underestimate the value of the discipline and training of the Lord God or get depressed when he has to correct you. For the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love. And when he draws you to himself, it proves you are his delightful child. There's, time, there's places in that moment when he's drawing us close to him. We're not going to feel these goosebumps. Does that make sense? But that's his proof of his love for us. And I think we need to let our minds be renewed what God's love really is. What true love really is. Because we're going to reproduce what we live. doesn't matter what we say. It matters how we live. So I'm going to reproduce the actions of my life. The fruit of my children are showing where I'm at. As Chad told us a lot before, we can't fake that. That's, that's, that tells the tale. And then we can't get it mad at our kids when they're showing who we really are. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> We need to, in that moment, recognize, repent, and realize our children need to be directed a different path because we don't want them having that mindset. That makes sense? Y'all might have to remind me where I was at. Which verse? Six, seven, yeah, seven. We're on eight. We should welcome God's discipline as the validation of authentic sonship. For if we have never once endured his correction, it only proves we are strangers and not sons. I want to be a, I want to be a son. And isn't it true that we respect our earthly fathers even though they corrected and disciplined us? Then we should demonstrate an even greater respect for God, our spiritual father, as we submit to his life-giving discipline. Our parents corrected us for the short time of our childhood that it seemed good to them. But God corrected us throughout our lives for our own good, giving us an invitation to share in his holiness. What an invitation. 
What an invitation. Do we see that as an invitation sometimes? So, Our eyesight is everything. We all know that, correct? Like, our mind, our eyes is, is the direction of where we're going, correct? I've helped a lot of people ride horses. Every one of them. You tell them to go somewhere and they look down. And they look to the side. And then they wonder why this horse is doing all this and they're kicking and doing all this with their feet. And this, we're doing this. There's no direction. And I'm like, make it simple. Look at that pole. Put your hand down and look forward. And all of a sudden, the horse just goes where they want him to go. All of a sudden, they have trouble again. What do I do? Look forward. Put your hand down. So a lot of times, we as people think we know where God's taking us. And we start trying to do all this looking over everywhere. And we need somebody going, hey, stop, look, and trust him. Does that make sense? So let's, let's quit making our lives so difficult and just trust him. Well, it's hard. Well, it's hard on everybody. You know, as I was told as a young lad, suck it up, buttercup. You'll be all right. You know, well, that offended me. Well, we can all get offended, correct? But when we have our minds and our hearts set on Christ Jesus, you know, when it says up here in the second verse, it says um, to look unto Jesus and it can be translated to, to behold, also to stare and gaze upon. If I'm staring and gazing upon the beauty of Jesus, I'm not going to see where I'm offended. I'm not going to get hurt. I'm not going to have these different things that happen. When I've got my focus off, the horse is going somewhere and we're going to have a wreck. And everything's going to get messy because I took my gaze upon the lover of my soul. I want to know him in such a way, but I want him to know me. And it takes a place to endure gazing upon the goodness of Jesus. Now, now all discipline seems to be more pain than pleasure at the time, yet later it will produce a transformation of character bringing a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to it. To those who yield to it. So there's a choice we have to make. How many people in here want good fruit? About half of us. <laughs> a little over half. I think we all want good fruit. Sometimes we don't want what it takes to get the good fruit. And that's how we can stand with each other and hold each other's arms as a body of Christ and say, we're going to endure this together. And we're going to gaze upon Jesus. Sometimes it takes somebody else helping us. Go, Here's Jesus. Look at him. Look at the beauty of the king. I love the worship this morning is constantly, it's constantly Jesus. It's lifting him up. It's, it's all about him.
If we, if we, if we get tired of that, we're in trouble. We ought to be able to say holy, holy, holy all day long and never get tired. We ought to be able to be in our rooms and our closets and our places and holy, 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 Lord Jesus. I'm not bringing you a request. I'm bringing you how good you are, how beautiful you are. My day should be able to be full of that. And so that when I come together for a gathering, I bring forth the presence of King Jesus. And what if we all did that together? What if we all come together with no place of offense in our heart? No place of friction or restriction or anything. I'd be a powerful, mighty place. And I was reading also in Corinthians where Paul was talking about his weakness. And through his weakness, he says, is the portal to God's power. So something the Lord showed me this week is uh, I was talking to somebody on the phone and they were having a hard day. Um, I was driving the tractor and I was just riding around, putting some stuff out. And I was just by myself praying. And I could just see this picture of how we're this instrument that God's writing a story with us. But I saw it like a violin. And he was playing this violin, and we're that instrument. We're the portal for God to demonstrate his power upon the earth. We're the sons and daughters that are arising in the last days to declare freedom and liberty to God's kingdom. And then we are going to worship the king. But we have the opportunity to say yes to his invitation of holiness to let him use us and write us down. Because it's being written down right now. So in all these circumstances arise in your daily life, you have that choice in that moment. What am I going to do right now? Am I going to let him write my story? And it's, your story is going to be written. But how is it going to be written? So be made strong even in your weakness by lifting up your tired hands in prayer and worship and strengthen your weak knees. For as you keep walking forward on God's paths, all your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. Isn't that awesome? For as you keep walking forward on God's paths, all your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. So pretty much if I keep my eyes on Jesus, right? Pretty much if I, if I lay aside all these things. Pretty much if I invite God's chastisement on my life. And trust the people around me. For as you keep walking forward on God's paths, all your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. In every relationship, be swift to choose peace over competition and run swiftly towards holiness. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Watch over each other to make sure that no one misses the revelation of God's grace. 
and make sure no one lives with the root of bitterness sprouting within them, which will only cause trouble and poison the hearts of many. It's pretty important then, isn't it? So that means, so many is not me, right? Or is many just you? Or is many everybody? So how do we do that? We walk with people in such a love that we can go to them in a loving way and say, man, I I see this that's going on in your heart that you're dealing with, and I love you, and I want to walk with you. But you got off course a little bit. You're not looking at Jesus. You're looking at the offense. You're looking at your rights, what you think you need and you want. And you're not looking, and you're not gazing upon the king. In verse 7, is, it's, uh, I want to go back to verse 3, and I just thought this was really neat uh, in the King James Version. For consider him that endures such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest be wearied and faint in your minds. Let's not grow weary in our minds. And down to verse seven, it says, abide under and endure the chastisement of the father. This is our identity. And in verse 11, which talk about enduring, it says, endure even though it is grievous, for it yields a fruit for those that exercise it. I want to be, I want to be able to exercise it. Um, I want to go to two other um, verses real quick. Psalms Even though my life hangs in the balance, I'll keep following what you have taught me no matter what. And then Revelations 3.19. All those I dearly love, I unmask and train. So repent and be eager to pursue what is right. To understand a love that, to unmask, to expose, to take away all the things that I want to mask myself with and make um, someone believe. You know, one thing that uh, I remember being a kid, my parents would take me to all these prophetic meetings. And I, I did not want to go because I knew they were going to read my mail. I'm like, they're going to tell my parents all the bad things I'm doing. 
<laughs> I, hate, I hated it, you know. And I remember going to this one. Um, they were pretty famous people, and they were, had come to Texas, and I, I was dreading it. And I stayed behind my parents, and I sat right behind them, and I'm, like, trying to hide, you know. And this is a big church that we're at. <clears throat> and they called a bunch of people, and he calls me out of everybody. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm done. My life's over. (laughs) (laughs) I walk up there and he starts telling me, you have an anointing on your life and God's going to use you. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) But isn't it cool how good, how God loves us? He saw the good in me and I was focused on the bad in me. Makes sense. God sees the jewel that you are. He sees how valuable you are. And the enemy wants you to look at all the other things. And so what happens when we get offended, we get offended by something someone says because we really know it's true about us, but we want to hide from it. And then we get offended by it. You know what I'm saying? But God wants us to see us how valuable we are and how valuable you are. And so... Let us run this race with endurance. Let's abide under this place of chastisement of the Father that calls us sons. Let's have a burning heart for Christ Jesus in such a way that we're willing of a body to people to surround us and help us keeping our eyes on Christ Jesus. Because our story's being written, but wouldn't it be cool to help write someone else's story? Wouldn't it be cool to make it and you're up there with Jesus and him go, hey, look, he's here because of your life, not because of what you said, because of what you lived. Wouldn't that be so cool? Y'all are so much a beautiful people and God sees such great things in you. The enemy wants you to see all the bad so that you quit. Keep fighting. Keep looking. Repent. And I just felt this this morning. I felt like there's one or two people in here that did not know Jesus, and they think they do. I just want to say this, that don't take that lightly. Repent. And for us, those of us else that are in a place where We've allowed our uh, vision to get off of Christ Jesus and onto other things. Just quickly repent. That's all it takes. Abide. Endure. Persevere. Because God's got great things in store for you, for this body. But what is it for? It's to glorify the King of Kings. We need to get our eyes off focusing on trying to promote ourselves. Let's promote King Jesus. And in saying that, it takes getting a lot of voices out of our heads. It takes being part of a body. When they see something, receiving it and walking in it. And that means we're all a part of that. I'm a part of that. I want to take it, and I love you guys. I pray this has touched 
somebody in here, and if y'all will stand, I'll we'll pray and I'll dismiss. If there's anybody here, I just want to make this invitation that does not know Jesus, and they want to. I know it would take a lot of courage, but come down here as I'm praying, and we'll pray with you. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. We praise you for this morning. We thank you, Father God, for your healing, your touch, your wholeness over this body. I thank you that anything that I said that was not of you, I ask that you just remove it from their minds. Anything that was from the spirit of truth, that they would hold on to that. That we could cling on to the cloak of Jesus and not turn loose. And that we will endure, will persevere, and will gaze upon King Jesus. And will receive the chastisement, the correction of you, Father, because it's producing a fruit that won't pass away. And that we will see ourselves as the identity of sons you've called us to be. We will see ourselves as, as the beauty of the kings and priesthood that you call us to be in you. And Father God, I praise you and I thank you for this body of people. I thank you that you bless them, bless their minds, bless their day, bless their week. And as they go forth through their Monday, through the rest of the week, and their place of influence, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your anointing to flood their place of work, their place of atmosphere, that we're going to start hearing of salvations, of baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to start hearing of people being healed and set free and delivered. We're going to hear of the glory of King Jesus to fall upon their place of influence in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for boldness and courage to strike up within them in Jesus' name. That you've called them to be evangelists, prophets, teachers, pastors, that the, that the gifts of the, of the Spirit will flow in their place of influence. And we just praise you, and we honor you, and we thank you in Jesus' name.